This ain't green screen, right? No. All right, because I got on green like a motherfucker. All right, let's let's do this. Let's Mike, it. check one two one two. What is this? I don't even have a name for it yet. We're gonna, about we're gonna say, say well, we at? Yeah. We on, uh, ladies and gentlemen, we're inside the. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the fucking metaverse. My name is Wiley Arno, aka Gordon Goner. Uh, I'm joined with um, Greg Solano, also uh, Garga, Snoop, Champ, Nick. Thank you for having us. I guess the first question I got to ask: How did you guys get involved in NFTs? I mean, what was like the, uh, the impetus for it? Um, I've always liked nice fucking titties. <laughs> <laughs> no, tell them, dirty, how we got up to NFTs. You so, so Nick brought Crypto.com to the compound one day. And, you know, Nick brings a lot of deals. And my dad wasn't really giving him the attention that I thought he should. And, you know, right when I saw that, I was like, you know, this is the future. I think I should take it upon myself to dumb it down for my dad and put it in a language where he can digest it. Because he's a creative himself. So, you know, when Nick brought it, I took it upon myself to just, you know, take extra time of mine to show my dad NFTs and what was the technology behind it? What was a board eight? What was, you know, all these different projects and why it meant something to the youth? Because, you know, if you look at the Snoop Dogg brand, he's constantly reinventing himself. So when Nick brought it, I just saw opportunity for us to reinvent the brand. Yeah, I mean, it was um, NFTs were something that I started to just hear the community talk about, you know, I was on Twitter following NFT Twitter people, the 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 Frankie Nines, Jimmy Eats, people like that, and um, I knew there was something interesting. And uh, Clubhouse, Clubhouse was happening. People had just he hadn't sold the sixty nine million dollar piece yet, but he was starting to, you know, talk a lot. And 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 we were, I was listening, and I realized it was going to be really influential for for what we do in entertainment, creativity, music, art, and. Um, you know, I sat down with Snoop and he looked at me kind of crazy, but, you know, he said, I trust you and, and, and let's go with it. And then Cordell kind of really came in and, and made it, made everybody understand it kind of, you know, we have that relationship sometimes. I get a little nerdy with it and, uh, and I think he, you know, he helped break it down. So, you know, we, same as when we discovered Twitter and Instagram and all that stuff. That's some, something that I think is really interesting. Like Snoop, you are always at the forefront of the newest technology. You were like basically the first celebrity on Instagram. You're early Reddit investor. You've basically been at the forefront in, of innovation for like two decades. And it's, I, I got a good team of people around me, yeah. you know, that always, you know, seek and find, you know, things that are cutting edge, that are next level. And it's just a matter of me willing to, to trust them to say that, okay, let's do it. Even with all of those early investments, you know, Nick used to take me to the Bay Area to meet with one of the gurus out there, Ron Conway. And he would give us a lot of information on investments and tech. And I would really sit down and listen and go there and invest and try to figure it out. So when Instagram and all of that shit came out, I really wasn't with it until I understand the power of what you can do with it and what it actually means to a creator. So anything creative and innovative, I got a strong team of people around me that brings it to my attention first. And then it's up to us to come together collaboratively and say, 
this is what we're going to do to execute this. He smoked out the Twitter building one day. That was That's nice. incredible. Yeah. I did? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you remember that? Twitter? Walk yeah. us through it, Nick. Tell us. Tell us what happened. Now we just walked in, tried to talk to him a little bit about, uh, about tweeting, and he looked at him, walked in. There was a DJ booth in the, in the uh, venue, and him and Daz got up on the DJ booth, and the whole office came out, <laughs> started smoking, and next thing we knew... It was just like all over the internet. And I think you can still find the video on YouTube. Amazing. Yeah. And also he made, I never forget, he was playing Madden. We had Mark Zuckerberg come by the hotel. And he was too busy playing Madden. <laughs> so he never came out. So I had to keep the Zuckerberg busy. And Gaming is your priority over here. Game like, is who definitely your priority. Who give a fuck about cuz? I'm in the middle of my game, nigga. Come back. I would give anything to see Mark Zuckerberg <laughs> like contact high next. If to I'm you. losing, fuck that nigga, man. Leave me the fuck alone. And you lost. Yeah. Fuck. <laughs> That's all you heard. And you lost. <laughs> so one of the things you guys are at the forefront of right now that I think is interesting is utilizing the IP with the NFTs. So with Board Apes, we gave over our licensing rights, and you guys are able to create any kind of commercial products you guys want. And the board ape tacos I had at Ape Fest are extraordinary, by the way. And you guys also have a weed brand now that has Dr. Bombay and Champ on it. Yep. These are really fucking cool ideas. We got apparel. We got live action characters. We got animated TV series, movies. We got uh, things for the kids, things for pets. We, we moving this shit, man. Like to me, once I understood what this IP was, remember, I own the IP Snoop Dogg. So imagine what I'm going to do with this shit if I can do what I did with Snoop Dogg. And this is not criminally connected, gang related, none of that shit. This is just straight, make it what you want. So it's like, that's one thing we're really about is having that IP and being able to control it and put our own twist on it. To me, I'm competing against Champ right now because Champ is the only one that, that makes me want to compete and create and keep creating because I see what he's doing with his ape and he see what I'm doing with my ape. And this is just... Com competitive nature that we have to just want to keep doing different things. It's like every time I look around, I see some bored eighth, this, that, that, and the other. And every time he look around, he's seeing some Dr. Bombay, this, that. And it's friendly competition because we know what we're doing for this NFT space as far as showing what you can actually do with an IP and not just keep it so metaverse where three, but make it traditionally effective as well. Yeah, I think that's, a, um, by the way, I think it's fascinating that you guys are like kind of competing against one. I, I actually- Who winning right now? I assume. Who winning? What? Who winning right now to me and him? I got to see Chance winning. I get you. <laughs> I'm leaving in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck this shit. No, but no, you both are killing it though. Oh, I, I, I actually assumed that, that you guys were doing this completely my ass together. Now. I didn't they realize- had a chance you when were... I had my ass out. <laughs> I done put my jeans on, you want to kiss my ass. Like I had my ass out, you didn't want to kiss me. <laughs> Nah, but like, you know, <laughs> when I saw Board 8 and I had the chance to buy it, I bought mine in March, March 1st, 2022. I was just looking at it like, you know, Scooby-Doo or, or Goofy or, you know, characters like that. And I noticed those characters, you know, put themselves everywhere. They own clothes, mugs, amusement parks, you know, television shows, whatever. And I just felt like we could show, you know, other holders and other people in the community how to utilize that IP to monetize off of it versus yeah. it just being an investment and we waiting on you guys to make the value go up. We like, nah, we could do this ourselves. That's right. Yeah. Each individual owner can do it themselves. There was, there's like a meme in like the the NFT space right now that's kind of like, you know, are we 
decentralized Disney, right? And it's kind of like it, it's it's the kind of a bad title, but it's also kind of like very accurate. It's a great title because we live in 2022. <clears throat> Yeah. And that's the world we living in. It's like you got to understand, like Disney is our our youth, yeah. But we are their youth for the people that's living right now. So it's a continuous graduation of what is put forth as far as content. Disney was commercial, and it had to be the world we live in right now. The kids aren't commercial, so you have to make things that can fit them and still stay stay wholesome, but sometimes edgy. And that's yeah. where we find the line to be able to work both. I got a question for you guys. So when we heard the story, I think a lot of people heard the story of how you created the apes in the moment. I'm curious what it was like when you saw Snoop jump on or you saw Steph Curry. Like, what was that feeling to see something you put out in the world also I mean, get embraced? Steph, well, you can go ahead. Yeah, Steph was one of the early ones that we were like, holy shit. You know, we just like, we were so busy that day. It was the day we were dropping mutants, number one. And so, like, it was my mom, I think, that was texting me about that. Like, you mm. know, like we were the last people to find out. Um, and that was just incredible. And, you know, people were sending screenshots of him in the discord and all that. And just, just that the, the brand had attracted somebody like that without like any effort on our part necessarily. It's just like, because someone like that can feel ownership of the project, like they don't need our permission, then that's what kind of enables that, that attraction, I think. And then I think the other really surreal moment was just like a couple months ago at ApeFest. Snoop seeing you up on stage and seeing Dr. Bombay come out there and like shit that was happening. Champ, was just ain't, like, Champ ain't got no character like that that can come out and That's true. Out. I don't know yeah, exactly. How the fuck is he winning? <laughs> the tacos, man. I'll have so Dr. Good. Bombay come out here right now and slap you upside the head. <laughs> shit like I'm that. a food guy. Bombay. <laughs> you know I'm, a, I'm just trying to instill more competition. Cordell, you that's know, how you do it. That's what you do, though, but that's... Like, I bred him to be like that, and I'm just like that. I'm so, getting a little older, so it's like it's good to have somebody that you can compete with for the right reasons. When I make music, I compete against people as well. Yeah. But it's not personal, and it's not a conflict. It's just I'm competing against this great shit that you put out that's forcing me yeah. to make something greater than what you did. And that's just that's the field that I run on. No, I totally get that fire within. I actually was reading about this. You used to train Cordell football, right? Cord he was my coach. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. And do you feel like your dad's inspired that same competition, that spirit inside? Yeah. Like, when we was playing football, it's all about being a dog, like, mentally. Yeah. Like, you know, y'all dogs, too, because it's millions of projects that's been created, but y'all figured out how to make it number one, how to get this, you know, personal part of it, how to be mainstream as well as, you know, Web3. So just, I feel like him teaching me how to be a dog, it helped in business and it helped being a creative it helped being an entrepreneur because you just got to walk in with your chest out and you know be confident in what you creating and what you pushing like what are the values that you feel like were instilled that like led to this kind of fiercely competitive spirit it's just believing in yourself and knowing that you can out hustle anyone yeah you know like putting that mindset to what you want and like for me i've always been a creative junkie you know, I played football for 12 years of my life. And when I walked away, I wanted to create. I wanted to own IP. So when I found this project, it was like the perfect moment for me to utilize everything that I learned in fashion and football and film, you know, and to really monetize off of it the correct way Yeah. versus just putting something out there from thin air and hoping people going to buy it. Like, 
No, you guys already have a community. You already have a track record. This is an IP that's well known. So now I can create within that ecosystem and, you know, the ecosystem will support it because I'm one of them. Yeah, I remember like seeing like people talk about like that the secret was really just work like a motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And that like motivated the shit out of me. And then the other thing was like changing my mindset. Like I don't think I, before we launched this company, I don't think I had a positive mindset. You know, I always wanted it. You know, I have like the words PMA tattooed, right? It was positive mental attitude. And I thought like when I finally started to apply that and just like actually stay focused on being a positive, you know, uh, person, that was like the thing that changed everything for me. Let me tell you what changed me. This year, December 31st, I told myself, I said, look here, self, I want to talk to you. And myself said, I'm listening. I said, look, for 2022, that's 20s and it's 22, I'm double time everything. So I'm treating every day like I got 48 hours in one day mm -hmm. instead of 24 hours. So I'm double time. I'm outworking everybody because you going by the minute, I'm going by the second. You've been on top of the world for 40 years. I'm like, what is the thing that like when you get up in the morning, it's like, why are you still working so hard? What's the thing that's like pushing you forward? I hate losing. Yeah. I love to win. I'm a sore loser. I, I get that. And if I ain't winning, I'm losing. So it ain't no in between. So if I'm working, if I'm popping, I'm bopping, I'm winning. You know, it's, 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 it's beautiful sometimes to just sit back and be in the studio working on the song and then a commercial come on and I'm on the commercial and then walk out the hallway and hear me on the radio. You feel what I'm saying? Like, that's work. Like, and then it's like, it don't make me want to say, let's go on vacation. I'm doing well. It makes me want to say, I need more. Yeah. I'm hungry. Like, what the fuck more. is a vacation? I want more. Yeah. I want more of it because I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with James Brown for about three hours at my house one night. And the things he instilled in me as far as being the hardest working man in show business, he passed it off to me. For, for James Brown to give me that, and this was like when he was alive, like three or four years before he passed away. I wasn't even where I'm at right now, but just to put that spirit in me and to be able to have conversations with Muhammad Ali because his grandson went to school with my son. And we used to sit in the crowd together and watch games and had a relationship with him before he lost his ability to speak. So to have people like that in my life, Muhammad Ali and James Brown, my childhood icons, be a part of my life, instilled a will in me to say, you know what? When we get this opportunity, we got to stay great at all times and never take a day off. Yeah, I love that. He's the black Forrest Gump. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Just always finding himself in the next every thing. Every moment. Yeah. He's been in every moment. What was the, the first move that you guys wanted to make when you started making things with your IP? Music. Yeah. We wanted to make music because that's my strength. And that's the ability of me getting into the into the space with something that's original and organic to me and not me trying to paint a picture or draw something or create some sort of art that I've never been able to do, but do the art that I've always done yeah. and introduce that and then give opportunities along the way as far as giving people a chance to walk into the metaverse with us and then finding new talent, collaborating with people in that space. So it created an atmosphere to where Snoop is not just here to steal, but he's here also to lend, to learn, and to give information. Yeah, you guys have contributed so much to the space in that sense. And, like, I'm curious where you see... So Yuga Labs, our company, hasn't done anything in music, really. Um, and it's something I think about a lot because, as Nick knows, I've been, like, a, you know, a cultural junkie my whole life, you know? Grew up listening to punk rock and old-school hip-hop, and this is, like, really meaningful to me. There's, like, bands that I want to see, like, pushed into the space. Right, There's old right, you know, artists that I want right. to, like, 
I, I, I want to. You feel like I want to. I want to <laughs> do something for music and the, really the whole industry in this space because I think there's the po possibility or the potential for real revolutionary change here. Definitely. And but I don't know how to do it, right? I, like I, I and I love talking to people who are interested in music NFTs and asking the question like, where do you see this going? I'll tell you where it's going. I just did the MTV Awards, right? And they had me and Eminem perform our song on stage in virtual reality, in like metaverse style. And then later on that night when I went back and watched the show, they gave an award away for the best metaverse video. And I'm like, oh, that's how you crack the code. Mm -hmm. Create some metaverse artists that make music for the metaverse that translate to the traditional world, but they live in the metaverse. Mm -hmm. That's how you do it. Yeah, I mean, storytelling, right? Mm -hmm. We're all coming about this from such a technical place. We, we talk about NFTs and we talk about the blockchain and we get lost in these definitions and these specific details. And I think where Snoop comes from, where I come from, where Champ comes from, we're coming from storytelling. We're coming from, you know, creativity. So we're not thinking about necessarily the NFT is purely as a flip. We're thinking about as a long-term business. That's why the apes, cause people, they like to, all the time, why are you guys so into the apes? Because the art's fantastic, but it also the world it's created is, is, is ripe for storytelling. So we're just one of those pieces. And the beauty of the Bored Apes is what I love about it, which made me want to support it and get fully behind it, is that it's multicultural. It's people of all walks of life. It's like a love fest. It's no racism. It's no patriotism. It's just love. It's just appreciation and it's acceptance for your art and your creative value that you bring to the table. And in the traditional world, you deal with so much negative energy, uh, you know, disrespect. You got to look like this. You got to be like that. Over here, it's like your art speaks for you more than who you are speaks for you. It's, it's like your art is you. Yeah. I mean, that was like the kind of the one of the more amazing things about Ape Fest, which you played at when you did an incredible job is like getting to meet everyone in the club, getting yeah. to meet everyone in the community and just seeing people from all over the world, from all different walks of life. Um, getting together and just celebrating board apes. You, you could see that you know, even though we're competing, we're creating similar projects and mm. we're going after the same goal. We're all, everyone's willing to work together, jump on these spaces, you talk to people, <laughs> met some of the most incredibly, incredible thinkers ever. The brains in the space are incredible. Yeah. It's a great time. And everybody's informative over here too. Yeah. It's not like you're trying to hide information. You're trying to make sure that everybody got as much information as needed and we like passing it on. It's like, that's what I love about this space is that, you know, you ask for information and you get it wholeheartedly. Even if it's some shit you don't need to hear or don't want to hear, you're going to hear it. And it's the truth. And that's what I love about this space. Yeah. But also, you know, it is cons in this space. Um, like <clears throat> people painting false narratives, you know, like similar to what you guys are yep. enduring as a brand right now. What do you say to, you know, the haters that's, trying to create a false narrative or what do, what do y'all do? Is that a plan that you guys have or how do y'all? I'm, I'm going to answer that for y'all. Keep doing what the fuck y'all doing. When they hating you, you doing what you're supposed to be doing. If they're not hating you, you ain't doing what you're supposed to be doing. Long as you prove them wrong by being who you are and standing on your values and being who you guys are supposed to be at all times, then you, you welcome to hate. Me personally, I welcome to hate. All you haters, how y'all doing? <laughs> Come on back. I'm waiting on y'all. You motherfuckers inspire me. So with that being said, fuck y'all. Next question. I just feel like people don't know who you guys are, so they are able to make these false claims. I, and I appreciate what you guys said, and thank you, Snoop. I, you know, I, honestly, 
I think that was part of the problem, right? Was that like we were pseudo anonymous when we launched this, like most crypto projects, right, right? Right. And then that I think was what allowed trolls to come in and start painting narratives and start talking about who we were because they didn't know who we were. A lot of people don't know this about me, but I was sick for like 10 years. Like I was like literally like bed to bathroom for 10 years. I have a disease called Crohn's colitis, right? It's an intestinal bowel disorder. And in that time, I really didn't have like a, a fully fleshed life, right? But the thing that I like had was like online communities, right? right? And it, all I thought about was like how much I wanted to create my own. Now I have this opportunity when Garga called me, he's like, let's make an NFT. I was like, I knew pretty close, like from not long after that call was when I was thinking, man, this needs to be a club. And like, we need to like make a discord and we need to like really foster a healthy, organic, egalitarian mm -hmm. community where everybody's equal. And um, the kind of club that I myself would want to be a part of. Right. And that's, that's important when you're creating something to the people out there that's watching this. When you're creating something, you create something that you would want to be a part of, that you would feel comfortable purchasing, buying, or being, you know, associated with. That's when you know you got something good. And then take yourself out of the body experience and say, as a regular consumer, would I, you know, consume this? That's, that's great information. That's really, the, like, the truest creative thing, right? It's like I remember in college I was studying creative writing, and I, like, couldn't write a good short story to save my life because I was always writing for the professor. I was writing for the room. Mm. But it was when I started writing to, like, actually, like, entertain myself and, like, actually be authentic to myself. That's when we can – and the same thing happened with our project. Yeah. When we first started, we were thinking, oh, we, we don't want to miss this wave. Like, we ironically thought that, like, NFTs were just going to be a flash in the pan because we were just like, oh, maybe no one else will be – because at the time there was only a small number of people mm -hmm. interested in it. It was just, like, very crypto-native people. And we were like, okay, so let's make something for them. And like, I remember the first idea we had was like, kind of like hilarious. It was uh, crypto uh, girlfriends, you know, because we we're like, oh, what do these like crypto people need? Like, they need girlfriends, you know. And then I remember like showing this idea to our own girlfriends, <laughs> our own spouses, and they were just like, our girlfriends me that. and wives were like, I got somebody. You guys are the too. worst. <laughs> they were like, you guys are the worst. You know, this is a terrible idea. <laughs> Ah, who gonna mint them? But it was also like super inauthentic to ourselves. Like we ourselves would never have bought a project like that, right? Like it was just, and it was Board Ape Yacht Club came about one night. It was like kind of a magical <clears throat> night, 4 a.m. moment, you know, like mm. one of those magical creative moments where mm. it was like, I was talking to Garga and I was like, you know, man, the thing that like really inspires me is like those old like photos of CBGBs back in New York in the day, you know, the old fucking punk rock shit or like the Andy Warhol, like factory parties mm. or like old school hip hop vibes. Mm. That was like what led to the birth of this thing was like, just really thinking about what we would want to be a part of. But your paw prints on your brand. Yeah. I'm a day one, man. Day one. Day one. Day one. I didn't actually I'm not day one. Not day one. Not day one. Day one. I'm like, like, no, I was, I happened to be just new and getting into space. And I was on, uh, I was traveling with my family. Jimmy, Jimmy yep, Eve calls Jimmy, me yeah. up and he's like, hey, I just minted this thing last night called the Board Ape Yacht Club. What's your wallet address? And he went hard, by the way. Yeah, yeah. he's, yeah. he's onboarded so many people. He bought four hundred twenty of them, yeah. and he and I got a. I gave him my wallet address. Like the first time I really transacted like that, yeah. and he sent me three, and it just happened to sit in my wallet. I didn't know what I, I was. Like, what do I do with this? Held it for a while, and uh, and I got to be part of. You know, I was I I, I went on Twitter, so I putting their apes up on Clubhouse and making ape noises and. In rooms, and I saw this community build, man. Yeah. And by the way, I bought a crypto punk too. Hell yeah! For oh, yeah. my lady, so oh, that's awesome, man. My that's ape, awesome. his wife is a crypto punk. <laughs> you dig? Yeah. I love that. <laughs> I think when a lot of the Web three started stuff started happening, you saw Snoop go out so aggressively because we realized the revolution is here, and we're gonna embrace it, and we're gonna run with it. And you know, it's funny to me now to see Facebooks and 
Twitter's the world sort of embracing Web3 and second, talking about this sort of democracy because yeah. they could give two shits. It's so funny though. You, like we're here in this like weird space, right? And you're saying like the revolution is here and I know how that's going to sound to people on the outside, Yeah. right? They're just going to be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. But the, it is true. That's the, thing, that's the thing that's like mind blowing, right? To me is that like particularly gamers not understanding what's about to shift, right? Like the moment that you actually own the cosmetic in Fortnite or whatever it is, and you can actually trade it, and you can actually sell it, and it's actually yours, that's gonna change the model forever. Mm -hmm. You're never gonna wanna go back to a game where you actually don't own shit. I agree. I agree. It's that simple. I love it. Everything that's like, you know, innovative always get hated on in the beginning. Like the internet, like telephones, automobiles, all that stuff got hated on right before it was you know, it's moment. So it's like anybody that's out there not believing it, it's like you got to just look at history. History repeats itself every time. Well, yeah. I, I was going to say one thing to you. What you were saying, you were talking about music, and you were like, how does music fit into it? Yeah. And, yep. You know, and, and <laughs> I've heard, you know, we were at VCon, I heard Snoop say a lot of amazing stuff, and but he was talking a lot about being able to directly be compensated for the work that's it. as an artist yep. and avoid all of the, hands in the pot and, you know, create direct community and that kind of stuff. And I think as you're building these things and you're thinking about artists, whether they're musicians or writers or poets and thinking about creating platforms for them to build audiences, it's, it's, it's really important. And I think, um, you know, a lot of the music NFT stuff that we're, we're seeing now is a lot very transactional. I'm going to put this out. I'm going to buy it. Hopefully it's valuable. Maybe I can play it somewhere. But as you build it, I think just, just thinking about music because it's everywhere and thinking about how it fits into the product how you walk in a room and the music plays yeah. and artists can, you know, whether they appear or however, however or DJ, whatever the case may be, like creating real destinations for them and not thinking about it so much as a transaction, but an experience, you know? It's, there's but a I, lot of like the most, there's so many people like you that come from the music industry um, and the music NFT space is very nascent, but it feels like in particular, it's people from the music industry that are most disgruntled with some of the like, you know, legacy rights models of things. And they're, and, and they're most excited about like this new medium opening up for that exact reason. Yeah. Mm yeah. -hmm. Yep. I mean, Snip, you talk about it all the time, right? I mean, it's like a slave trade, you know, that's what it is. You know, most artists don't own their masters or their music or their publishing. So to find another option to be able to, you know, be able to put music out and then have rights to it and own it and, then have the engagement with the fans where they can actually own it too and you guys can you know monetize together. That's a beautiful situation. That was one of the most appealing things about it with me when I brought Death Row as the first major label to the space was I could put artists on and make make put a record out and we was watching the shit selling and we was watching it make money. Then 30 days later, they had money in their wallet. And some of these artists had made records 20, 30 years ago that didn't know what to do with the records, but I put the records back up and they generated money because people wanted to hear mm -hmm. this piece of art that we had that was unreleased music or either just some great music from some hip hop artists that were connected to me. And they wanted to support more directly probably mm -hmm. too. It wasn't like, you know, it probably mattered that they thought this is going closer to the artist and not yes. to a label and not to other people. Yes. So I think this is like not only going to be a huge shift for artists like you who are already so popular but i think it's especially going to help artists who are just come up and coming right the ones who are like independent artists who haven't even signed to a label yet they don't know how to monetize that you know it's like this is a avenue for that but i think the thing that needs to happen is there needs to be a platform for it you know i don't think i don't think it's going to be like OpenSea or coinbase or whatever i think it's going to be its own thing i think there needs to be like the napster or the spotify of the space 
Um, I'm curious what you guys' thoughts are on that. Definitely need that, but who who got enough money to create that and enough power to make it make sense? You know what I'm saying? Because you're competing against the traditional ways, which they give you so many ways of how to do it the wrong way. That's the blueprint of doing it the right way. Yeah. You know, the streams, you got to get so many streams to get so little money. Yeah. So y'all got to figure out a way to where when you put the shit up over here, you're getting triple what you're getting over there yeah. for a stream or something that's more, you know, engaging and where you feel like, okay, if I take my music from here to here, because we got big artists that are willing to give us songs to take to the metaverse based off of what me and Champ did. But at the same time, we know that it's got to do better than what it did over there or they're never coming back. Yeah. I mean, we've seen some cool stuff. I mean, I mean Snoop's been so far ahead. I mean, Sound, Sound XYZ is a product that, you know, he's making mixtapes on and dropping dropping tracks on, and you see the community collecting. Again, it still needs to develop to easier listening, but as a product, it's been amazing. You know, the our, our friends at Gala, our friends at Sandbox, like, you know, October London, artist of Snoop's. Just, I mean, the guy is, I think, crushing it with Gala. Like, he's constantly putting out music. Um you know, to, to, for their collectors um, in the in the sandbox metaverse, we're thinking about putting on concerts. Like, it's incredible what we could potentially do with you guys. So it just, it, 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 tools are being built, but you haven't yet seen that real simple mm -hmm. interface. Yeah. You know? So it'll come. It's going to come after this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go in the back room and build it. Yeah. I mean, it inspires me, right? I mean, like, I think about, like, we're in a position, right, to, to, to build platforms like this, right? But I get kind of the same advice that you just said, which is that, like, you know, the, the subtext is like, yo, man, the powers that be will never let this happen. Like, the music industry is just, like... Ruthless. They can't stop it. They can't stop it. Yeah. If, you, if you do what I said, if you... The reason why the, the Metaverse Web3 shit is working now is because you get more your buck over here mm -hmm. and you yeah. have more freedom and you have less contractual bullshit connected to you figure that out musically because artists are going to keep making music to the end of time so those are the pros and cons that y'all should be taking in the thought as far as when you create the platform like we we in the music industry want an option and if we can create an option that is totally different than that and it's free and like you said and it's fun and it's financially I mean, come on, man. I keep thinking, and I talked to you about this, I think, at one point, but you were just like, this is a terrible idea, and you don't know what you're talking about, which is fair. But it was like the idea that like there might be a way to like decentralize the actual ownership of the songs themselves or like the, 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 like the rights behind the songs. But then I didn't realize that it's like there's multi-layers to that. There's, there's multi-levels to that, that it's not just like there's, the, okay, there's different types of rights involved with music. Yeah, I mean, music is – it's hard, right, because there's a lot of rights with yeah. the publishing, the, right. you know, the mass – but – but there are people trying to figure it out, you know, yeah. a company called Create Safe. Like, there's stuff that's going on where what's interesting is it's flipping the model. A lot of times artists get together, they make good music, they drop the record, then they figure out the, the rights and the ownership. Yeah. But if, if you're going into the blockchain and you're creating music and platform for it, I think a lot of artists can get together up front and say, okay, we're getting in the studio, we're dropping it on this layer two, and you can buy it via Ethereum or, 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 or Matic or whatever, and, you know, this much is going to your account, this much is going to my account, and this much is going to the writer's account. You kind of reverse engineer, you do the work up front, and the problems don't, because a lot of problems yep. come from the fact that, you know. Splits. Splits. How you split it up, how you going to break up all of this major money in the metaverse to the people that has something to do with the song. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the pros and the cons that you mentioned, I was thinking, you know, I think one aspect on why NFTs get such a bad rep is, is exactly due to the same reason that there's pros, 
in this space. It's that that ownership makes you your own custodian. That's mm -hmm. like the main thing, right? Like you are a custodian. You are your own bank. Yeah. And that allows <clears throat> to get hacked, to get scammed. Well, that's, that's know, where everything gets fucking crazy. And that's when you hear yeah. like these things like, oh, NFTs are a scammer, NFTs are a positive. Because it's such a nascent space, it's very, it's very much like the wild, wild west still, mm -hmm. right? There isn't those like the structure and framework for this thing to be friendly for like Garga's mom, you know, to like no, come into space mean, and either buy one of these like yeah. uh, NFTs and then make sure that it doesn't get stolen or hacked or whatever. Everybody loves decentralization until there's no customer service hotline. There you go. You know that's I mean? right. And like, that's what I got hacked. I lost three mutants. I talked yeah. about as a bunch. I, I, I do ask you guys from a security standpoint, you have a big responsibility. Are you, how are you? Because I think we're looking to people like you to make it easier and to solve some of those problems. And again, like a lot of, when I got hacked, I was like, I, you know, again, I'm like, what, what do I do? Can I call the apes? And you can't, right? It's not your responsibility. Right. But I do think you guys got to put some, some systems in place. There's a couple of things we're doing. I'll, I'll let Greg speak to some of this. But I think, you know, I think first and foremost, right now, before like, you know, the, 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 the new platforms are built that are like, you know, ultra secure and, and are like popping up 50 warnings for you every time you click anything, you know, before that's developed, I think the first step is just education, right? It's that like, if you're coming into the space, there should be content that you can view easily and get through to understand the nuances of it, to understand just how hypersensitive um, you have to be in every click you make, essentially. Yeah. I mean, mm. it's just all about like the, inf we're early in that the infrastructure for this shit is just not there. And, you know, I was hearing a story today of somebody like they're on OpenSea, they got something, you know, an NFT airdrop to their wallet. There was a, a wrapped ether offer on it for like Four ETH or something like that. He's like, holy shit, free money. He goes to like sell it. But of course, MetaMask doesn't tell you like when you're hitting sell that this this smart contract has set it so that like you're setting approval for all the NFTs in your wallet to be uh -huh. transferred, not just this one. Yeah. We and see boom, everything's like going out. And this person who's just like, fuck, like, you know, I'm not an idiot. I knew like they, they're tech savvy enough to understand most of this stuff, but it's that heat of the moment thing where it's just like, holy shit, I'm getting 10 grand for no reason here. This is great. And you just, you're not thinking. And, and the wallets and OpenSea, they're not, they're not giving people the proper warnings. So like, how do we build that stuff into the system? Mm -hmm. You know, it's not that hard when you look at um, a lot of different web two apps out there that like give you constant warnings and stuff like that. And that's what, that's what it really comes down to. Yeah. Like we're trying to get things to like pass the mom test. And I, again, use Garga's mom as an example here because he, he himself used that as an example to me when he first talked about it, which is like, my mom wouldn't know how to buy a board eight. And it's like, and, 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 and she wouldn't know how to keep it safe either. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to think of like, okay, how do we get to that point? And so I'm thinking, how do we build all our products, all our platforms in a way that, you know, Protect Garga's mom if she wanted to buy an name. That's it. Protect <laughs> Garga's mom. Protect the mom. moms, you know. That's what you should call your show. I was listening to y'all podcast uh, with Guy Raz, and y'all were explaining how, you know, y'all didn't feel comfortable with going with a VC, you know, from the jump. Yeah. Yeah. What made y'all change y'all mind? We were, like, really apprehensive with VCs at first. You know, there was a couple of, like, mid-range shops who had gotten in touch with us through Twitter or Discord or whatever, and... We met with them and they were all fairly impressive, but ultimately we had just had such a mistrust of them, you know, like you know, just from like movies and TV. Right, just like, right. And then we'd call friends and be like, should we do this? And everyone was I just wouldn't. like, no. But then my old friend, uh, Nicole Muniz, who came on as our CEO later, uh, I remember talking to her about it. She goes, you know, you can say no to VCs, but you don't say no to A16C. 
That's what she said. She goes, that's the one you don't say no to. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, why? And she goes, because they're not just a VC. They're going to be a strategic partner. Right. They're going to like help you in ways that you can't even imagine. Right. I was like, okay, that's interesting. Well, maybe down the road, if that some, if we ever get a call, you know, maybe that happened. It was, it, was, it was kind of two reasons to do it. One, I wanted to have... We had been around in crypto in 2017. We had seen that there are market cycles to this. It's not just up only forever. And the second thing was once we started meeting some of these VCs, like A16Z, and I don't mean to like shell them. That's not what I'm trying to do here. I'm just saying that like they genuinely are a great strategic partner. So yeah. it was like, you know, I think VCs get a bad rep, but it's, it's I think it, it depends on the situation, right? There's always like this misapprehension, particularly on Twitter, where just like misinformation can like spread so fucking fast mm-hmm. and rampantly. But like, yeah, there's like people who are assuming like, oh, like anytime we make a bad move or something, it's like, oh, like VC move or whatever. And it's like, actually, no, it's just, you know, it's just us. Well, how about this? What are some of y'all favorite hip hop songs? Okay, the best hip hop song I ever recorded is the name uh, is "Out of Here" by KRS-One. Just in you know, my out of here, yeah. Record deals and <laughs> out of here. Um, I'm trying to think. My other all time favorite. What's your all time favorite? Don't put that on the podcast. Me singing. Yeah, don't, <laughs> don't put you. Don't. Nah, put that. You know, you know, Nick a rapper. He got a song on that last Death Row record. Mm-hmm. That's true. Um, I also so okay. Two favorite hip hop songs. Karis one out of here, and the other one is um, Heaven and Hell by Raekwon. Yeah, yeah, so, oh, you know? that's hard. On uh, Only Built for Cuban Links. I don't listen to a lot of new hip-hop. That's the thing. Like, I oh, wish I had time to, but, I, like, you know, that I, I really wish I had more time to do that. I did, I did, like, when SoundCloud was, like, first kind of a thing, like, getting into SoundCloud rappers was fucking a lot well, of I mean, how, I mean, it's kind of wild. Like, Little Baby, all yes. the big, but yeah. the biggest rappers have four days. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. You know? Little Baby killed it at both eight fest, but, yeah. like, the first one was just, like, Maybe. Yeah, yeah, that was sick. The moment were you there at the first day? I was there. Yeah, he was both there. were. The moment hadn't happened yet, where everybody, every project was launching. It just was a, it was just a moment. All the, all the people, all my friends that I met in the NFT space, yeah, they were all there. We were like four months old, and we were like four guys who had had no business experience, no music industry, music industry experience, no nothing. Like we were just like fucking writers. You know, like Garga was a book editor, yeah. like four months before that, and we were like figuring out how to throw like a major festival essentially in new york and city token gate thousands of people this kind of shit it was just yeah, like, no one had, like no, there everything was, no was macgyver for that. nobody was doing that we were just like yeah macgyvering it like stitching it together yeah you know and nobody knew who we were so like i was just out there like giving wristbands people thought i was an intern and i'm like okay, yep yeah well, i remember i met you guys i was up in the balcony <laughs> and i met all and i was like i was blown away i was like you guys founded this it was it was wild you know yeah so how much has your life changed right because I, I imagine there's amazing stuff right Success <laughs> built this community. Well, There's someone money. fucking recognized us the other day. We were in an Uber yeah. here in LA. It's gonna happen it's the first time. And it was the first time first someone time. was like, "Hey, like big fan of you guys, by yeah. the way." And we were like, "What?" Yeah. Like, shit. What did we say in his Uber? Before? But, I mean, yeah, that's right. but I mean, what comes? <laughs> we were talking that? about our will before that. We were like, "Hey, have you made your will yet?" And he's like, "Oh, I'm thinking about doing a grat or something." And I was like, <laughs> 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 "What comes with it? You got now. You got the haters, right? We talked yeah. about. Yeah, that. we got the trolls and the and, haters, and yeah, yeah. and you got. I don't know. Like, I'm sure you got security. Like, I'm sure. I mean, like what." There's been occasional security risks. There's been yeah. things that we needed to like, you know, when we first got docs, that was like, there was like, a, that was a heightened scary. moment for yeah. sure. Yeah, there was some weird shit. There was some moment. weird shit that went yeah. down for sure. Um, it's been mostly chill. I mean, you know, besides the haters and the trolls, like we have like, you know, most of the people in the space, uh, I think are really supportive of us. Have you thought about Ape Fest in the future yet? Or is that? Yeah. He thinks about it all the time. I think about it constantly. Like, so, I want to go so, like, so ridiculous. I want to make it so big that people are like, please stop. <laughs> right. Like, and I kind of do that all the time. Yeah. Like, like just today, we we're like, did you see the Moonbirds uh, event? Yeah. Online. I mean, I, I read about it. Yeah. 
And apparently it's very good. I haven't seen it yet, but Gargo watched like two minutes of it. He's like, we need to do this. He's like, you need to get a black turtleneck and we need to get you on a oh, stage. So, I was like, actually, what we should do here is like a WWE event, like a world wrestling event. And yes. just like, and it's like have Gargo in the turtleneck and then me just like beating the shit out of him <laughs> in the background. <laughs> While like, some other stuff is going on. Like, like, but the thing is, he's like dead serious about this shit. Like he comes up with like the biggest, most ridiculous yeah, version of an idea. And, like, and that's kind of what happens. Keep it and the then you all kind that's, of That's like the creative yeah, process, yeah. right? It's like, I'll go like really <laughs> ridiculous, really large. And then him being the perfect editor will sort of like narrow okay. it down and make I, something more okay, realistic. I, like well, I mean, that's not a bad idea though to do a like a, a town hall and announce your new products. Yeah, yeah, like keynote. But like, how do we do it like authentic to ourselves, to your, knowing yeah. that it's like like that's not you know right? We don't want to take ourselves too seriously. He's coming from the tech world, and it's yeah. like yeah, they're like this like radical transparency. What they're doing makes sense. We've just always been like you know like yeah, we come like, come loud. You know, that's right. In a cave and then popping out every once in a while. What's next for you guys? This guy's got something going on every week. Yeah. Um, really, just I started a crypto fund in Singapore. You know, I want to invest back into the community. I want to invest into, you know, innovators that look like myself and, you know, other contributors that have been doing a lot for Web3. Because it's a lot of people that's, you know, doing things that I've been inspired by that just don't have that platform, you know. Um, so I definitely want to figure out a way to, you know, put, pull them up and put them on a bigger platform. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm working on a wearables project, so I'm excited to get that done and get it, you know, get you guys to implement it in the other side. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is it just uh, digital or is there a digital physical aspect to it? Uh, it's digital and physical. Okay. Um, but a lot of it's just, you know, what, what I think, what I do well is culture. And it's just about bringing culture to, to the digital side of things and, and, and finding some cool ways to, to activate Dr. Bombay and Champ Medici got y'all some perfect. Oh shit. Let's go. Jumpsuits. Oh y'all can wear that to work on Monday. <laughs> oh my god, I love <laughs> Let's it. Go. I'm gonna open it right now. Obviously the extra large. Yeah, this is you. This is me. Okay. Big boy. <laughs> oh shit. Yeah, I love the death row records oh. on it. That is so fucking cool. You got to do it. That's a start. Now you're cheating too. Cheat a game. You cheat a game, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me some, Chase. Yeah. I love it. I'm a cheater too, man. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Dang. Yep. That's to do it. That's badass. I think Garga has the ugliest ape in the whole collection. <laughs> 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 yeah, like we had no idea what it, people think that we picked him out, but like Easy. it was just we, you know, picked four apes to the four founders. Yeah. They were just numbers at the time. Yeah. And then it was like whoever, you know, it was like drawing yeah. straws. Yeah, so. we didn't know what we were going to get. And he got like, of course, the fucking rarest one with the blue beams and everything. It's but. so far beyond. What can I do? What can I do? It's so far beyond wildest expectation of what it's become. I, I, I know you guys might have had a vision, but what it is, it's incredible. I mean, I think the most vision we had it like in the very early days was like, you know, we knew we were going to do the merch line. Yep. And we knew that, oh, man, like there was this idea that was like, could this be a Web3 Supreme? Yeah. Like before we had ever sold an ape, there was like that that vision, that dream for it. But I didn't know. I didn't know what it was going to become. Because no NFT Beyond collection that. had like a, you know, CryptoPunks. There was no CryptoPunks like logo. There wasn't like a like a lore to it, like a mystery to it. And so, like the token was the only thing there. It wasn't about the site or the story or the you know other yeah. things. Like that all slowly came around it. And so yeah, which we made them like, perfect. What could be our like sense, you sure. know like Nike swoosh like you know yeah. like the skull and shit like that. You know, like this again, is that's what I. That's what I, it's all to me. It's the narrative. Yeah, the narrative. The best projects that I've seen have the great storytelling attached to them, yeah. you know? This is awesome, guys. Thanks for yeah. Thanks so much Thank for you having us. Thank you guys. So yeah, thanks for coming on. We, we, you know, if you want to keep listening, me and 
Champ got to have her own podcast. Who's buying this shit? Who's buying this shit? It's on. Uh, it's all the Spotify, iTunes, all the DSP. You name it. We came up with the name because we were fucking around. We were the f- first episode. We were like, "What do we call this thing?" And, and uh, I think I looked at Dauda Leonard, who we do it with, who's Grimes' manager, and I said, "Who's buying this shit?" And then we went on. We looked, and we started buying shit. And, and now it's been it's been over a year. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Congrats, guys. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah. uh, I just wanted to thank you so much for for having us on this podcast or coming on our podcast. Did the secondhand smoke get you high yet? Let me start that over. Snoop, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and thanks for having us over here at the studio. Thank y'all, man. I appreciate what y'all do. I'm a fan of y'all work. Happy to be partners, and, you know, hopefully we can do bigger and better things based off of these conversations that we had, because we looking to, you know, grow our business and, to, you know, help you guys execute what you guys are doing as well. So thank you, and we appreciate you. Thank, Both you, of you. thank you. As a lifelong fan, that really means a lot to me. Thank you so much. Peace and love. Church. Now, just yet, producer Fallon here to remind you that this, this is Web3. Web Do your own research and make your own decisions. This podcast is not legal, financial, tax, or accounting advice, or an offer or solicitation of an offer to buy any financial product, currency, or security. The views expressed are opinions of the individual participants and are not any type of guarantee, representation, or warranty of any kind. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back next week, or whenever we feel like it. Welcome to the fucking metaverse.